I want you to look over at Luke chapter 17, verse 5. I'm talking about faith, faith to win. And it says, and the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. How many knows that's impossible? I mean, first of all, speaking something and then a tree actually obeying it and doing it is one thing, and then it actually living in water and then producing fruit as its roots are in the water. It's just simply not done in the natural, right? But by faith, you can do this. It says this. It says, um, and which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come in, the, in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me? Till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Now, I don't have a lot of time to get into that right now, but that is what Jesus is saying is a picture of your faith, that your faith is there to serve you, right? Oh, come on, y'all. You're going to have to help me a little bit. Uh, this is called Faith Builders Church, right? So we know a little bit about faith. So faith, in fact, is something that serves you. You don't have to thank your faith. You thank God, amen, for what he's doing. But your faith is there to serve you, to bring to you what you say and what you believe. I want to make this statement because in 2019, if we're going to receive all that God has for us, it's going to have to be a year where God's people are going to have to use their faith like never before. It's always been that way. It'll never change. I don't want 2018 to be coming into 2019. I certainly don't want it to be like 2015 and 2014. I'm ready for a brand new season in my life. How about you? That, yes, is going to require some faith. Jesus walked in this life with a specific mentality. That mentality was to do what? To live by faith. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. I wish I had time to preach this. From faith to faith, it is written, the just shall live how? The just shall live how? So I just shall live by faith. Everything I do in this life, I'm to live by faith. And faith is the only thing we see in the scripture that pleases God, according to Hebrews chapter uh, 1, verse, or, yeah, 1, verse 6. So we see that. We know that if we walk by faith, not only does it please God, but it becomes a servant to us to bring to us what we're believing for. And church, to be a winner in this life, you've got to elicit the faith that God gave you. And the Bible says he gave every man the measure of faith. So nobody in this room has an excuse to not have faith. They said, Lord, they said, Lord, please increase our faith. And he said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, how big is a mustard seed? I brought it up before the church before. You can, if I hold my hand, you can't see it. If I throw it on the carpet, it pretty much disappear. It's so small. Yet that little mustard seed can grow to become the largest plant in the garden until it's got branches, until, what, the birds can make nests in its branches. So your faith can become big faith if you take the measure of faith that God's given you and operate in that thing. Whatever God's given you to believe for, it's your faith. You don't need my faith to get a miracle. Oh, come on. All you need is your faith. So don't compare your faith with my faith and think my measure is what you need. What you need is your measure. And if you exercise your measure, you'll get the miracle that you need.
Isn't that fair? That's what the Word of God tells us. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is what I'm believing for. Hope is my, is my goal. Hope is the vision. I wake up in the morning, I've got hope for something, right? I see something that hasn't yet come to pass. But faith is the substance of the thing I'm hoping for, but it becomes the evidence of things not seen. So I ain't got to prove to you nothing about what God told me I can have and what God says I'm about to have in my life. I don't got to show you the proof of that. I just will show you my faith. As long as I believe God that it's going to come to pass, that's all that's needed. That's my measure to bring about my miracle for by it the bible says the elders obtain a good testimony but without faith here we go it's impossible to please him for he who comes to god must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him that's what we're doing during this fast we're diligently seeking god we're asking god for certain things that we haven't seen yet and this pleases the almighty and every day we get up and we put one foot forward towards that desire or that dream or that vision or that hope that we have extended from us is faith and that thing gives pleasure to almighty God now I'm going to give you quickly because that's all the time we have is just a few minutes five things that I see to use the faith that God gave you on number one is this you have to have you have to rather use your faith when rejection comes because 2019 can add up just like 2018 and all the years before if you don't understand how to handle rejection when it comes. And just because it's a disappointment doesn't make it a what? Missed appointment. So when rejection comes and, and you, in the face of what you're believing God for and everybody rejects that idea and, and the, the circumstances speak to you. You know, Jesus, the Bible said, went to that tree because he was hungry. He went to the fig tree because he got off the boat. He was hungry. Went to the fig tree because he desired something to eat. It wasn't even the season for figs yet, but Jesus don't care. When he's hungry, he's hungry. And we're supposed to be supplying fruit for him to enjoy. And so he goes to the fig tree, and there's no figs on the tree. And what does he say? The Bible says, in response to the tree, Jesus said, let no man eat from you ever again. And it was cursed from that very moment until the next day they came by and it was cursed from the, from the roots up and it was over on its side. And nobody ever ate from that tree ever again. Now, why is that important to me? It should be important to you as well. Because he spoke, the Bible says, in response to the tree. Now, a tree ain't got mouth. Come on. I said, your circumstance ain't got a mouth. But it sure enough does talk to you when you ain't got enough money to pay your bills. Come the bills be talking to you. Come on. And so what you've got to understand is you have to say something in response to what the circumstance is saying to you. It's always talking. So what you need to do is be to speak by faith and declare what you want. What is your desire then? What is it that you see? Come on. Because I can't be there every waking moment. You can't be there for me every waking moment. At some point, we got to utilize the faith God's given us. And rejection comes and says, no, I won't give this to you. No, you can't have that. You're not educated. Enough. You're not the right color skin. You're not on the right side of the track. You're not at the right, you're not in the wrong city. All that stuff begins to happen. you got to learn how to handle that. And Joseph, Joseph, one of my favorite people to preach about, Joseph had a dream. He didn't ask for the dream. God gave him one. Didn't just give him one, but gave him two. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. God gave him two dreams of what he was going to become in his future. The mistake he made was telling folk about a prophetic 
word that was given to him by God that they weren't prepared to hear. Be real careful who you tell the words that God gives you and the promise God gives you because ain't everybody going to be happy for you. Well, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting tonight. Y'all just looking at me. Am I right about it? So Joseph has a dream about his brothers and his father, and they all got upset, and the brothers were jealous and angry, and the father decided he's still going to show Joseph favor, puts a coat of many colors on him, and shows him favor. Be careful when you get favor, because favor can mark you for good and for bad. Come on. And in this case, it wasn't so good, and they took the coat off and, and made it look like an animal, had attacked Joseph and, and threw Joseph in a pit. And they're almost going to kill him, but one brother said, don't kill him. And so we can't do this. It's our father's son, but we'll leave him there. And the next day they went out and sold him into slavery. What did Joseph do? Nothing. All he had was a promise from God. You know, everybody loves the promise. Nobody wants to talk about the process of the promise to get to the promotion and the provision God has for us. Am I preaching to the right crowd here tonight? Because there's a price in the process. Man, I'm, I'm sounding pretty good tonight. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, this is genius. I, I didn't even study this. This just came out of my spirit. Come on. Did you all hear that? There's a price in the process. But if you're not willing to go through the process, you can't get the promotion of the promise. Amen. So he did. He went through the process. The next thing he sold into slavery, and Potiphar buys him up. And he's doing a good job for Potiphar. And the Bible says, and God saw Joseph's faith. And the Lord said, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph, even in slavery. He does a good job, but then this Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him. He says, no. He runs for out, away from her. He couldn't shame himself, God or his master. And she cried rape. I'm going to leave that right there. Hashtag me too. I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that right there and move on. We want to believe all these women, but we want to see some proof too. Come on, somebody. Because we can't destroy people's lives because somebody hates your guts. Jesus, I better just go over here. This is the protective shield, and you can't get me here. Praise God. I'm just saying. we got to have it on both sides. Here we go. Now then, uh, and so, and she screams she rape and gets him thrown in prison. We don't see anywhere where Joseph bulks. Where he gets upset, where he blames God and says, why, God, would you do this to me? He goes into prison, and in prison, the Bible says, God sees his faith. And he says, and the Lord was with him, and favor was upon Joseph. And he became the number one guy in prison. And then he told dreams and got out of prison. And next thing you know, within 24-hour period, he didn't know that that dream was going to go before Pharaoh, and everything was history. And he became the number one guy outside of Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. The dream came to pass. 2019 is a time to dig your heels in the ground with your faith, not let go and say, I know God has given me a promise. Number two, number two, you have to use your faith when deception comes. Because there's all kinds of deception that comes to trick you out of, of your inheritance, out of the blessing that God has for you or the vision God has for you. And we see that with, with the man named Jacob. And he's running for his life and he goes to Laban, his, his uncle's house, to hide out there from Esau. Because he stole the birthright and the blessing. And, and so he's hiding out there and he sees, he sees a beautiful woman by the name of Rachel. 
And he fell in love with Rachel. And he started talking to Rachel. girl, I love you. And I'm going to marry you. She goes, well, you got to talk to my daddy. And so he goes and talks. I want to marry. He said, I tell you what. You give me seven years of labor. Y'all men, you don't want to wait three weeks. Seven years. He said, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do, man, I'm there. I'll work. I'll work my tail. He gets in the field and works for seven years. He works for Laban. And the seventh year, he's excited. It's the marriage night. Now, I don't know about you, but this ought to, this ought to get us here. Because I don't know if he needed a pair of glasses. I'm not sure what happened if it was a really dark night and he just couldn't see quite right. Something was going on. There was a fog in the land. He was saying, I do, but he couldn't quite make her out. But when he woke up in the morning, oh, Lord, after having a wonderful evening, and he's like, he looks over to smile to look at his beautiful bride, Rachel, and sees, oh, my God, this ain't Rachel. This is his sister, Leah. The Bible says she had a cross eyes. Could you imagine? Now, nobody get cross eyes in here. Not, you know, God can fix that. I'm just saying, Jesus, help me. I, I, you got to be sensitive to today's world. But here, it wasn't the woman he was promised. I don't know what happened, but it happened, and now he's married to the wrong woman. But he's got some faith, y'all. He don't give up. He goes and complains to Laban. Laban goes, yeah, I know, but you know, Leah was never going to get married, and we couldn't have her not get married, and her sister Rachel get married, you know. So I had to kind of make it happen because, you know, he had no faith in her whatsoever. And so he says, so I had to make it. But I tell you what, you work for me another seven years. That's when I go, you know, I don't even want to be involved in this family at all. They're crazy. He says, okay, I'll do it. And he works another seven years. But before he does that, he's smart. And he says, you know what? You kind of owe me a little bit. He said, now, here's what I know you want. You're stingy, and you ain't going to give me much. But you know them sickly cows over there and them skinny ones and the ones with the spots on them that don't reproduce much? Why don't you give them to me as a result of what you did to me, and I'll make sure I work for you another hard seven years? He said, you got you to deal because nobody wants those, those, that cattle anyways. So he takes it, and God gives him instruction. He said, lay out certain boards this way and lay them out this way. He says, and when they come by and they look at them slats of wood, he said, I'll do the supernatural. I'll do the rest. 2,000 years ago, there was a slat of wood. Come on, somebody. And when you look upon Jesus and what he's done for you on that cross, there's something that happens to you. In other words, what you shouldn't be producing, you're going to reproduce in your life a blessing that's going to blow your mind. And that, I, I wish I could preach up in here. And the spotted cat and the skinny cat all looked at that and they got busy. Come on, somebody. And they outproduced all of Laban's herds and he became extremely wealthy. God can take brokenness, He can take nothingness, He can take impossibilities and blessing and prosper you and promote your life. Come on. Number three, you have to use your faith when lack comes. Because that's something that haunts all of us from time to time. You can't get rattled when you don't seem to have enough. I've been giving my tithe, I've been giving my, and it's like that promise ain't come to pass. That's a lie. 
I said, that's a lie. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that he shall also reap. That's God's promise. You can look at the ground and know that to be the truth. If I put a seed in the ground, I will reap a harvest if I'm patient about it. Isaac, didn't. he knew the principle, but everybody in the land of Gerar was taken off. Why? Because there was a tremendous famine in the land. And as a result of a famine in the land, what happened? He said, everybody said, well, we're, going, we're all going to Egypt. Because that's where the ground was supple and there's plenty of rain and all that great stuff. But instead, God says, no, I didn't tell you to go away from Milwaukee. I know y'all want to live in Florida. All my Puerto Rican people want to move to Miami. Don't look at me like, I know what you do because y'all in Miami, hey. I see the stuff on social media. Everybody else wants to live. Everybody wants warm weather when it's cold in Milwaukee as if we're shocked. Oh, my God. It's cold in the wintertime around here. You've lived here for 50 years. Of course it's cold around here in the wintertime. This too shall pass. Everybody loves Phoenix in the wintertime. But in the summertime, they inhale. But it's a dry heat. Come on, somebody. 125 degrees. It's dry. <laughs> We're dying, but it's dry. But he said, Isaac, he said, you're not supposed to go there. I didn't call you to stick with where I called you. Don't be like so many rolling stones and, and go with the wind, what everybody else is doing. Stick to what I told you to do. Stick with your faith. Don't be moved and plant your seed here. God, are you sure it's dusty? It's crusty. I can barely get any seed in the ground to begin with. He said, plant your seed here. And the Bible says by the end of the year, he received a hundredfold harvest on the seed he sold in Gerar until the Philistines envied Isaac and his crop and he became extremely wealthy. Number four, you have to use your faith when trials come. Don't have time to get all this, but I remember Moses. And all he's, all he's doing is, is obeying God. He's supposed to lead them out into the wilderness so they can worship God. Then God was going to take them into the promised land after they worshiped him there. And he gets out there, and there's nothing to drink. Nothing to drink in the desert. And he, these people are complaining. They're all wanting to throw stones at him. They all want to kill him, raise up another leader, and, and negotiate their way back to Egypt. And God says, no. He said, you see the rock over there? I need you to speak to the rock. First he said, slap the rock. The second time he said, speak to the rock. You know the story. And he did. What is he doing? He's operating in faith. You can't slap a rock and water come out of it. Water don't come out of rocks. You can't, certainly can't speak to a rock and water come out of it. Yet he spoke or he slapped whichever one it was. And he did them both times. Water came out as a result of his faith to believe that what God says will come to pass. I could give you testimony after testimony how this has happened in people's lives. God gave them a business idea, and they didn't have the education, but they obeyed God anyways. It supersedes even your own knowledge. God will give you wisdom, download wisdom, or he might tell you to take a night course, whatever it has to be done, but he'll lead you and guide you to get the promise. But if you're not willing to go through the process, your faith is not being used. 
I love to preach. If you give, you're going to get a, a mysterious check in the mail to cancel all your debt. That's wonderful. And from time to time, you hear a testimony like that. How many would love a testimony like that? I don't even need a check in the mail. I just need Visa to say, it's, I don't know what happened. Our computers crashed, and you got a zero balance. <laughs> However, it has to be done. Praise God. I don't care. But I found that most of the time, that's not how it works. God will give me an idea, a thought. He'll say, call this person. He'll give me wisdom. i got to walk it out by faith. Jesus, when they're ready, to, they're going to throw him off the brow of a hill, the Bible says. And one time, they're going to stone him to death. Both times, by faith. Jesus doesn't respond in fear. He walked by faith. And the Bible says he walked right through the midst of them. Amen. Now that's something that, but that's another level altogether. That's Lord of the Rings stuff. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You put the ring on, you're gone for a little bit. You take the ring off, you're back to where you're supposed to be. That's powerful. Number five, you have to use your faith when trouble comes. When the enemy comes to attack you. The Lord will raise up a standard against him. When he comes in like a flood, he raised up a standard against him. Jehoshaphat wasn't prepared for war. All of a sudden, he's surrounded by three different, they, they allied themselves together, three different nations to take him and Israel down. And fear struck his heart, which it would. And he began to set himself to pray and fast. And the word of God came to a prophet and said, you will not fight this war. The battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord. He could have said, that looks funny because I don't see him surrounding the Lord, but I do see him surrounding me right now. So what's the Lord going to do? He said, here's what you do. And he gives him a supernatural strategy that took natural steps to get there. What were they? He said, get the praise and worship team. Get your praise and worship on. And get out there in the front line. You're not going to use a bow and arrow. You're not going to use an arrow. You're not going to use a, a spear. You're not going to use a, 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 a dagger or a sword. No, you'll not fight conventionally. Today, you're going to give me praise. And as you praise me, I'm going to set an ambush against your enemies. Sometimes, I don't care what it, where it is, you might look like a fool, but sometimes you got to lift up a praise in the middle of your day and by faith say, Lord, I'm going to give you praise and glory no matter what I feel like, no matter what's going on. You're still worthy. And as they praise the living God, the Bible says God fought the enemy and caused confusion to happen in the rain, and they killed each other. I'm telling you, your boss is not your problem. Your spouse is not your problem. Your children aren't your problem. Your neighbor, your government, not your problem. It's all spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And you can't fight the devil putting him in a knuckle sandwich. you got to say, in the name of Jesus, I break your power and I give you praise, Lord. And it took them three days. Everybody say three days. Took them three days to pick up the spoils. And they became wealthy and promoted and blessed as a result. The very thing they thought was going to take them down. When they operated in faith, God gave them a victory and the spoils of war to boot. Somebody say amen. I don't have time to get into what I want to talk about. But I've been in a battle or two, how about you, where it was against all odds, no way we could win. 
And God vindicated me. And God vindicated this church. Did you hear me? Not just this one, but the one in Beloit too, because we were over two churches, $4.3 million worth of property, lots and lots of people, television ministry, the whole, the whole gamut. Let me just tell you something, guys. When God wants something, he won't let it go. As long as he's got you to hold on to it, it'll never, no man can take it from you, but you've got to dig your heels down and say, the Lord, you promised me, Lord. And the Bible says you've got to put him in remembrance of what he promised you. And I dug my heels down and said, devil, because everybody was feeling that economic crunch in 2008, 2009, and we were no different than anybody else. Now, I mean, everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Everything went south. But the truth is, I had a word from God. I didn't come to Milwaukee because I had a good idea. I love you, Milwaukee. I ain't never going to leave you, Milwaukee. I'm going to be here till Jesus comes back unless he changes his mind. But other than that, I'm going to be here till Jesus comes back. But I would not have chose Milwaukee to come to. I love you, but I'm not going to choose you. Just because I wanted you. I would much rather be in San Diego, California, praise God. Where it's 75 degrees year round. Hallelujah. But he called me here. I'm so glad he did. I wouldn't have it any other way now because being in the will of God is the most important thing you can ever be in. It's where you find everything for your life. Amen. And I have. But there are times where it don't run as smooth as you'd like. And it will test your faith. To see what you believe or not believe. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he could ever receive anything from the Lord. Your receiver, your reception is broken when you're double-minded. And you're double-minded because you're not walking by faith. You're walking by sight. One minute you're in faith, the next minute you're in sight. You can't do both worlds. Amen. you got to make up your mind. We're standing here today. We owed in this facility, we owed 2.2 in that one, 2.2 in this one here. We owed the, the, same, the exact same amount in both facilities. And let me just tell you what God did. God did a miracle. Now, we had to stand our ground. And they were trying to come in here and take these buildings from us. We had to stand our ground. Said, Lord, all I can do is trust you. That's all we got. And God said, he said, here's what you're going to do. Gave me a plan. Most of you know what we did. Not going to get into that tonight. But we gave me a plan spiritually. He said, this is what you're going to do. We played the plan out. There were many days I was like, Lord, I don't know if we did it right or not. How many knows you're going to have days of confusion? Like, what is going on, God? Where are you here? But you just got to keep putting one foot in front of you. Don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. I'm going to say it again. Don't give up. And late in the midnight hour, God came through, and what we owe was 4.2. We ended up owning 1.1 in this building and 1 million on that building. He cut our debt in half. Who paid for it? The world paid for it. A miracle took place. Somebody say, praise God. Somebody say, I'm next. You believe that? got to get faith out there, guys, because tomorrow we're in an atmosphere of faith right now, but tomorrow may not be like that, but you can stir it right back up. You can get stirred right back up. Get your faith right back. Stir it up. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Speak the word of God. Amen.